created live on Fireside. So I'm just going to, I'm going to quickly just introduce YNS Live with NFL Thread here live on Fireside. Wherever you guys are listening, whether you're on LinkedIn, whether you are on YouTube, whether you're here listening to a repeat, this is another one of our wonderful shows, YNS Live with NFL Thread Pivot. We are super excited to introduce Paul Fraze and Allison Rocket. Again, we're really excited because these are the kind of stories that you guys don't hear regularly. You know, there's certain communities that hear these stories, the pivots, the relationships, life. Um, you know, when there's an NFL player or a, you know, a celebrity or a professional athlete, a lot of times there's an image that people think and they don't really think about life and, and life happens to everyone. We all have our traumas. We all have our trials. We all have things that happen. And, um, to bring these stories to the forefront is what's so important because it's what connects us. Stories connect us. And the more that you know, um, you know, with Cynthia and I bringing these stories to the forefront, um, Paul and Allison, you know, sharing their story, it just helps people. It helps people to also realize that we're all more alike than we think. I, one thing you said, uh, you know, life, you know, life happens to superstars or NFL players or, uh, and um, I remember before Joshua, our son was born and life happened to us, you know, mm-hmm. our storied life came to an abrupt halt. I remember meeting Terry Hogue and his son that had spina bifida out of a, a ski charity. We were raising a bunch of money for Doug Betters out in um, Big Sky, uh, Montana. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I remember that that little boy that had spina bifida was out, you know, sledding on a toboggan and, and it was just amazing to see how Terry and his family adjusted. And, uh, you know, they were there to raise money to fly kids from uh, th- that area to Seattle. You know, uh, th- they mm. were air flighting kids back and forth that needed help. So it was, yeah, life. Life. It's crazy, yeah. Paul, because um, Terry Hogue, we share Jimmy Solano. So Jimmy was my husband's agent and Terry's also. And I believe Jimmy Solano is his godfather and it was so emotional and also so inspiring at the same time, um, you know, witnessing, you know, Terry and their, in the family, you know, and right. it's just had so much respect for them and so much love for them. And, and now your story. And then it's just incredible to have you reach out and, you know, after it's incredible to think of the jets for, I don't know about you, but for us, that was the beginning. And as Michael was told by Bud Carson, he was so green <laughs> at that time. <laughs> and, you know, I I was there. So what's that? <laughs> it wasn't the Kelly green of the Jets. He, he was. No. Uh, right, right, right. <laughs> and I was green, too. I was like. Oh, you know, um, I'm not an NFL wife. He's going to, you know, I was looking at Kenny O'Brien's wife and, you know, all these beautiful women thinking, I don't belong in this group. You know, this is crazy. And I just remember the Jets being like, you remember with Mark Gastineau being there and, you know, it's just like, was New York. And it's so funny to now realize that we're all just people were all just families all what i thought and worried about um that perception wasn't real it was just in everybody's head and people are people you you had to deal with the mink coats coming out in the cold weather and uh you know one of the dan alexander's wife of uh, 11 years 
you know, going to New York and saying, what, what are you going to wear to the game? But, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. but yeah. Uh, yeah, one thing about really quick, I mean, the wives, you know, the wives have it, I think, tougher than the players themselves because they move the houses two times if you don't live in the city that you play in. They mm-hmm. take care of the kids. They, you know, your, your husband, the husbands, the guys are out. We're we're out there, and you know, from seven in the morning until seven at night, um, most days. Mm-hmm. And uh, but anyway, it's yeah. No, but I, I mean, I love that you said that. But the other, you know, the other thing is just you know, with Cynthia and I doing this for as long as we're doing this, and um, you know, I'm so honored to be brought in to be able to sh- to share these stories and ask questions because you know, again, yes, I think it, there's such pressure on the wives, you know, to to really you have to be a certain personality, and we talk about this a lot on the show. Every like kind of group that I meet, every kind of NFL player, um, you know, athlete, whatever, there is a, a very there's some things about the personality that you know that they can they can just do. Like you have to have a certain personality to do it. But the thing that's also overlooked is not only the wives having to move all the things, but it's also about you know the guys' careers after if, if it's done. And I that is not talked about enough. And Cynthia knows how much that like stabs me in the heart to just like some of the stories of what happens to guys afterwards. It makes me so angry with with society and you know with with the lay people like me, which Cynthia always laughs at me. But like you know with the fans. It's like, these are, these are real people. These people think you have to think on a different level, the amount of sacrifice that you have put yourself into. And yes, you have an amazing job. Yes. You, you, you know, you, you make some money more than other people, maybe in some situations, but you also have to pay taxes in every place that you play. Right. And you also have to have these other things that people don't talk about. And then it's all of a sudden like your passion and your dream is, is time to go because of age. So it's society saying, you know, or, or your body, or it's like, nope, you're just not doing it. And the mental, I don't care how strong mentally someone is, that is going to, to to mess you up. And then if you don't have the support of someone behind you or who doesn't understand or have a community behind you that protects you almost to let you kind of unfold in that situation and find who you are, because really it's like a couple different identities that you have to have. Um, those are the kind of stories that also are so close to my heart in so many different ways that um, it's it, it's important for, for this. Yes. Cynthia. It's important for me to get Allison on the show. Yeah. I know. Absolutely, I, I, yes. No, I, I invited her twice. So I don't know what's like, I, I know. I love that. Um, so did she hit the, did she hit, is she there? I might go away, but I'm going to, I'm going to. Yeah. So I tell her to to the bell because I've done it now three times. And so maybe, I don't know why she might not be getting it, but we know that that sometimes happens that it's, it it possibly is not her. It's just possibly the signals getting crossed. Okay. I'm going to tell her, she said her video expired. So I think that, um, I'll just have to have her go off and then come back on, you know? Yeah. Tell her just to get out and then go to that, like click the four things and she'll see the show there. Mm-hmm. And tell her to take some deep breaths because I know it gets stressful. And- yeah, I know. It's a, it's a, this is a great platform. You just got to figure out how to use it if, for your first time. <laughs> no, it is. It is. And it's one of the things, you know, it is, we, we, Cynthia and I go back and forth sometimes. It's like, because time is short, right? For usually for, right. for the guests. And it's like, okay, do we have you go on where we can do like a little rundown? That's why the green room is there. But sometimes the green room is, is, is not as similar as to this, right? It's like, okay, get in the green room. But now all of a sudden, oh my gosh, how do you get into the things? And what, one of the things that Mark and Fallon have been doing is, is every, every, 
you know, because this is new. It's a new app. We just happen to be on it really at the creation of it, um, which is, you know, awesome and fortunate. But it's also, you know, all of a sudden things change and you're like, oh, wait a second. Okay, I need a tutorial. So we, then we can share and help, um, you know, the others that are doing it. And again, if you're not used to doing stuff on your phone, like I can do it on my computer. That's why I have my microphone, but it's because this is what I do. Um, but sometimes it's hard to take people through that. It's like we have to have an M1 chip and... And yeah, it's you know, not- and, I, and, I, and you're talking to a 58 year old who really could care less about technology and just plug and play, please. <laughs> right? No, a hundred percent. And I mean, most of our guests, you know, are are, are people that have you know that are at, at a certain point that it's like the same thing. No, so you're not alone there. I, I we totally get it. That's great. Good. Um, you, you definitely. I mean, everything you said resonated as as well earlier. Um, and I know Allison would, you know, she's going to have a lot to, you know, to say in that. I mean, of, yeah. yeah, you could shed, shed a lot of light on those things. Um, I remember uh, I, I was going through, through a time and seeing a counselor and we wanted to, um, we wanted to, I was looking at the biotech companies because we knew the science behind our son's story was coming to fruition and we knew we were going to get the opportunity um to to see that happen right i see allison i see her too gorgeous lady <laughs> just take a breath you're here and now we're just gonna wait for cynthia to come back if you have a microphone somewhere yes i know so are you still on with Cynthia, Allison? You might be still on with her. So just make sure that you're not on the phone. Oh, on the FaceTime phone? Yeah, because then sometimes that will take your audio. Allison, can you just do a little test? Uh, testing one, two. Yes! Two. Okay. Take a breath. This, this, I can't tell you this happens often, so it's it's not. And now we're waiting for Cynthia to come back. Um and I'm typically tech savvy, but this app blew me away. <laughs> no, I know. And you know what? There's, they just went through some um, new updates. And whenever that happens, sometimes it's, uh, it, it, it can kick us in the butt. <laughs> Looks like she's back. Do you see something? Okay. Oh, Cynthia, you're back? Okay. I, I see her icon. Yeah. Not her face. Yeah. All right. And again, this is, this is, you know, this is all can be edited at the beginning and it's, but it's also like, it's real life, right? Th these things happen. Um, oh, Cynthia, you're the big one now. <laughs> I love it. So I'm going to introduce again. So this is YNS Live with NFL Thread Pivot Live here on Fireside. Whether you guys are listening live right now, whether you're on one of the stream platforms that you're seeing us, whether you're listening to this replay, one of the things that's really close to Cynthia's and I heart is bringing stories like Paul and Allison. And it's really important because stories connect us. The world is crazy. You know, sometimes it gets crazier to the day. Sometimes we feel, but when you hear someone's story, you can feel a little bit more relatable or be like, you know what? I don't want to give that person a hard time or I want to pause myself and just kind of appreciate what I have in life and not just be negative and think about the positive. So um, Cynthia, I want to have you introduce uh, Paul and Allison, but we're really excited to dive into this. And thank you, Paul and Allison, so much for being here live on Fireside. Thank you for having yes. Absolutely. Yes. Thank you both. Um, you know, I'm just so, it's just grateful that you reached out. Um, 
especially because everything that I do is about promoting what we are all doing within the NFL community after the game, um, whether it's because it's a passion project, whether it's a business, whether it's something that came at you in life, which is in your situation, you know, a beautiful little boy. And I just feel pleased because of the history. I mean, the fact that we, your, our careers were very similar from, you know, we're 87 to 98. You guys are same. Like we're started with the Jets. It's like insane that we started in New York together and knew all the same awesome people. Um, when I look back on John Booty and Rich Miano and Coach Walton and Bud Carson and Mickey Schuler and Mark Gaffineau, <laughs> it's just crazy to me because it, it was a young, young, like we were so young and it was a time <laughs> of our lives and we had no idea what was in front of us. So I'm excited to have you on to talk about that journey into the league, the journey out of the league and during, and then what you guys, you know, what's what you're doing, the most important thing right now, the impact that you're making and what you're doing now um, because of your son. So thank you so much for being here. It's, it's an honor and a pleasure to be here. Absolutely. Uh, yes. Starting out with J-E-T-S, Jets, 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 long, long time ago. <laughs> So, and, and Allison, a side note, Allison's father, I met Allison. She was from Massapequa, New York, you know, close to, uh, close to Na in the Nassau Coliseum. And Allison's father used to get, uh, uh, know, um, Billy Hampton senior, the equipment manager and the whole family. And they used to, uh, they, they, they dined together before and they, it was very interesting that, uh, we everything came full circle so is that how you met because of them or uh, at a game or how did you guys meet allison do you want to i i mm -hmm. it was my third preseason um fourth preseason i was trying to make the i was trying to make the team and um allison was she was out in la Go, Allison, t tell that part of the story. I was, I was coming in for an interview for Billboard Music Awards, and um, Paul was playing pool. Him and Marvin Washington were playing pool with my brother at this hole in the wall. And I ran in to say something to my brother. It was right before you even found out if you even made the team. I think you found out the next day. Um, anyway, yeah, so it was a brief, you know, encounter, but um, that's where it all began. And that was in Freeport, New York. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, I mean, and Allison, one of the things that we were touching on, and I said I would bring it back up, is, is it's what, what's so important about these stories is a lot of times communities outside the sports, right? They think, okay, you guys are in the community, NFL community. You have a privileged life. And they don't think about how life hits everyone. Everyone has trauma. Everyone has life. Everyone has things that happen. And bringing these stories to the forefront, I think, are so important. I think so. So what you guys are doing, you know, in the honor of your son, um, I think is so beautiful and love that we can do this. So I love that Cynthia started with how you guys kind of met. And so one of the other things that we touched on is really pivoting out of the league and the different things. So if you can take us through and Cynthia, you know, stop me if I'm jumping, but I know we want to get to the book and the foundation and stuff. Um, but I would love to know a little bit about life um, when Paul was in the league. How did that look for you as a spouse? Also being a career woman. I mean, if you can take us through what you were doing, you know, why you were at the Billboard Award a little bit, you know, touch on that. Thank you. Um, I was in the fashion industry for some of the greatest designers, and then I landed in the music industry and 
worked for Guns N' Roses, and then um, I was got a job with Billboard Music Awards, but ended up getting in an accident and did not take the job. And in that, that interim, that's when I met Paul. Um, you know, we got married uh, in New York on Fifth Avenue. It was a big to-do um, eight months later. And um, the headlines for the New York Post says, the Jets phrase, rockets to the altar. My maiden name is Rocket. Oh, I love it. That's great. Really yeah. The first two years, was it was a fairy tale. It was living the NFL lifestyle and um, uh, amazing fans in New York. Um, and then our son was born and uh, two and a half years into our marriage and things changed significantly for us. Really, really quick. I, I remember before, even before I met Allison, I, I would go to the Marty Lyons Foundation. He was like a Make-A-Wish Foundation uh, for the kids that were, you know, that were close to passing. And I remember going into the hospitals and vis visiting them in the, in the, on the holidays. And you would just mourn these kids because you knew you would not see them the next year. Mm -hmm. And uh, but when you left the hospital, you left that situation. Obviously, the parents and the families were going to be going through it, but you left. And so, it, go yeah. ahead. So, I mean, just to just for people that are watching that don't know our story. Um, when our son was born, he, we were living the off-season in Dallas. Um, and uh, when he was born, they basically told us that he would not survive the day. He was very weak. Um, he could not breathe on his own. And um, we had really, truly no idea, um, you know, what to expect and, and what to do. And so during that interim, I mean, uh, that was February 2nd of 1995, Two weeks later, Paul was put on the expansion draft uh, team list um, by the Jets and picked up by the Jaguars. Oh. We were looking at him going, wait, <laughs> you need to continue to play. We need this insurance. We had no idea what we were facing. You know, we had a medically fragile child that was not, you know, supposed to live the day. And then they gave him three weeks. Um, and then they told us when we left the hospital at 24 days, if he makes it to his first birthday, bring him back and we'll reevaluate him. And so that's where our journey completely shifted. Paul continued to play football. I don't know how we both survived and existed with him commuting from Dallas to Jacksonville from Monday through Friday. He'd get back on a plane, fly back here um, to Dallas and Friday to Sunday night and um, get back on the plane again. And and um, miraculously, our son continued to defy the odds. And that's, you know, um, life in the NFL is uh, it's just like everybody else on the outside. I mean, I think when people are looking at it from the outside in, they think, oh, it's such a fairy tale life. And it was beautiful while, it, you know, it lasted. Mm -hmm. But um, we were dealt a very um, difficult deck. And, um, I don't know where you want me to continue with that. Well, I'm going to, if you don't mind, I'm going to just jump in and ask because again, this is why it's so important about these stories because 
not only like a, a unit that doesn't have someone that's traveling all the time, right? I mean, that, that it's hard enough on a family unit when you have, um, you know, someone where you don't know what's going to happen. I mean, that's for any human. Um, you know, some humans are built a little different. They can maybe handle stress. Some people can't, you know, you don't know what your odds are. But I have, so I have a kind of a twofold question, Paul, for you, if you don't mind me asking when you were getting on the airplane and going to play, like, what was your mindset? Was it an escape? Like, okay, I don't have to think and be there, even though I want to be there. Or how did that um, kind of manifest in, in, as you were playing and, and where your mindset was? Joshua was born in my eighth or ninth year, eighth, eighth year. And uh, uh, I literally said, I literally lost my fire because I had a son at home that I, we had to keep alive because the medical, the doctors couldn't tell us how to Mm -hmm. keep him as live. Um, but so it was, it was difficult. Um, when I was, uh, I was at the Jack Jaguars for two years and we made it through and all of a sudden I get traded to green Bay and I'm out there by myself, Allison, we did, we chose not to bring Joshua to green bay because the the nurse's situation would would have been tough and the cold weather so um i i found it very difficult to focus and make the team year after year and focus on because the nfl they don't say it's not for long for For the reason reason they say yeah i mean you have to be focused 100 percent. you have to fight and scratch because you know there's a, somebody younger, stronger, faster gunning for your job. You know, you're, you're one of 240 defensive linemen in the world. It's a coveted position. And uh, it was difficult. Yeah. Yeah. And then I, on the flip side. Um, go ahead, um, Cynthia. Yeah. It's so interesting and so true about the insurance. How important, you know, the insurance is, is everything. And here you are playing to, you know, for the benefit of your son, for the benefit of your family. So you, now you're playing for, you know, a very a huge reason and very important, but not the same reason that you were playing in the beginning of your career. You know, it was so different. Yeah, I have to interject on that, Paul. Um, Joshua was used in collective bargaining agreements for years. You know, when we initially um, were, you know, uh, in, early on in Paul's career, the salary, the cap, I want to say the salary cap, the limit for the insurance was a million dollars per player, per family member. Joshua rewrote the the cap for the players up to two million and then 2.5. He was, we'd call friends every year and he, he was used in collective bargaining agreements in Hawaii. And um, to this day, it's that, that coverage, 2.5 million is what. Wow, how about that? Gene uh, and their family. Gene Upshaw uh, spoke uh, preseason at the Green Bay when I was at, in in Green Bay at a training camp, and I, I approached Gene after uh, after he spoke, and I said, "Gene, we're we're in trouble." And he said, and I explained the situation. And he says, "Paul, we're not going to let any, uh, somebody go down. One of our own go down. We're mm-hmm. going to fix this." And what what you know to the insurance, we didn't we didn't learn about real healthcare until we were mm-hmm. out of the NFL uh, two and a half years, three years, and we lost our home healthcare insurance or, or a few years after that. So it, it was a, it's a scary, it's a difficult road to traverse. It really is. So. Right. 
say, I would like to say though, and I've said it so many times, the NFL, I, I, I don't know where we'd be if we didn't have that, that insurance at that time, you know, mm -hmm. they jumped through hoops to make sure that we, our needs were met. And um, I, I was very close with um, management and NFL management for players benefits. I mean, we had direct, <laughs> had their cell numbers. <laughs> so um, yeah, I, I'm so appreciative. But but those things are also, again, those kind of stories, like uh, people don't know that, right? We hear the, the negative things. We don't hear the positive things. And that's so nice to know that they had your back. It wasn't just like, no, just do, you know, play your game. Yes, there's probably certain situations that that happens. But on the flip side, Allison, so you're now home alone, right? You know that you need insurance. You know that Paul needs to go to work. But what was, you know, how do you kind of navigate that alone? It was crazy. So initially when we got out of the hospital, we were 10 hours a night. So the nurse would come on at 10 o'clock at night. And um, so I'm home alone. I, I would get up in the morning and I would take over a medically fragile child. And I had no background. There was no care guidelines, um, very little equipment. And um, I, I I think I was a zombie. Paul says that when he came, he'd come home to, you know, to, to relieve me on Fridays. I was just not the same person. I And as soon as the nurse would arrive at 10 o'clock at night, you know, I'd go to the grocery store. But working with the NFL, you know, I, I, I was, I, I'd explain to them, listen, I, I need more help. You know, this is, I cannot continue to do this. And um, they, uh, then they, you know, they shifted every time, you know, trying to meet our needs. And so um, it, it was, it was crazy in, in all honesty. I, um, I, I often say I don't know how we survived, but um, we did. And um, Joshua lived an amazing life, miraculously. And when when did he get the diagnosis? Oh, sorry, Cynthia. I was just to say, when did he get the diagnosis? Like, when did you realize what yeah. what his diagnosis was? So you know, in June, every, all the players they that's their month to take their trips, and so we were in. Uh, he had had a muscle biopsy at three and a half months. Uh, at Scottish Rite Hospital here in Dallas, and we took the whole family, our family, Paul's family, to Maine and had a home on the ocean, and it, this was June. I, we received a package with five uh, pages of the textbook copied with no cover letter, no nothing, and I open it, and I proceed to read the diagnosis of our son, which left me in a fetal position because it was pretty devastating at that time. 50% of the children uh, did not survive uh, two years of age. Mm -hmm. Now that statistic is 50% don't survive 18 months of age. And so here we were reading this and, you know, Paul, this was June. He's going back, you know, to camp in July. Um, it was pretty devastating, pretty devastating. So what is the diagnosis? Can you explain exactly the name? Absolutely. It's called myotubular myopathy. It affects the striated muscles. So uh, basically during the last trimester of utero, when the um, nucleus travels to the outside of the muscle, the sheath of the muscle, that's where the strength um, develops in the child. And it's basically the last trimester, it's stunted. Um, and they don't fully develop. So, you know, I, I often said it was, it was so crazy here, you know, Paul used his muscles every day, you know, these, these men that were 270 to 300 plus pounds that were using their muscles to play this game. We had this child 
you know, that was born that basically didn't fully develop uh, in the striated muscles. And so it affected, um, he was not as typical as, as the other children. Most of these children are ventilated support uh, right away. Joshua was, but came off and miraculously Joshua breathed on his own for 10 years. But um, it affects their breathing, um, eating, um, walking. Most of them are wheel wheelchair bound. So 10 years. 10 years he breathed on his own. Um, Joshua was with us for 5,800 days. He was with us for 40 days shy of his 16th birthday. Wow. An amazing kid. You know, he was so brilliant, uh, funny. I mean, he was quick wit, um, top of the state academically, um, just could hold a conversation with you about anything like an hour <laughs> it was just an amazing kid but um never asked why and never complained um, truly uh, an exceptional child but that also has to be the attribute to how you guys raised him right you raised him to to know what his strengths were um and it, that he wasn't defined by this disorder thank you we tried we, we, we really that was our focus to really live life to the fullest and um really not allow it to define his life. And um, he was always so uh, excited about what was going on with his foundation and research. And um, it was a dialogue that we had continual all the time. And so um, just an amazing kid, truly. When you decided, how did it come about? You know, it's one thing, you know, to take care of your family, to take care of your child and to keep each other afloat. But then you took it outside of that and you decided to start the foundation. When did you just make that decision? Was that a family decision? Did Joshua have anything to do with that decision? I had, uh, I had started talking with my, my best man uh, in our wedding. Um, uh, he was, he played in the league for four years and then he went to onto wall street and I, um, he he was reaching out to me and saying, Paul, what, how's going with Josh, you know, Allison, how are you guys doing? And, uh, he, he, we, he and I started talking about raising on wall street and had great connections. And then at the same time, Allison's telling me, you got to use your platform to raise a bunch of money. And she was already talking to some of the, best doctors in the world. And, uh, so Alice, before I know you year old, I, I, we filed for a 501c3 nonprofit status and three weeks after his first birthday, we received our 501 designation February 26th of 1996. And a lot of the, um, sports, the journalists were already, they started writing about Paul and the story of Joshua. People were just writing checks and sending it in. It was just, it was so touching um, to see what the fans were doing in honor of Joshua's life and really supporting us. And that was 96. And by 97, we put together, we pulled together our first team of researchers, very cutting edge in the field of regenerative medicine at Harvard University. And that's where we began. It's amazing. It's where it's gone, though. I mean, just in, in talking to you, Allison, and the fact that it's, you know, it isn't just Joshua's um, diagnosis. It's other 
um, like Parkinson's disease, it's other areas that your research, Josh, because of Joshua, it's impacting so many other lives. Can you share a little bit about that? Because I think so many who are impacted with these diseases would love to hear this. Try to give you a Reader's Digest version of 28 years. You know, it started out as a guarded dream. We really didn't know which area, but we were throwing money, uh, holding events every year in Boston. It became one of the hottest events, and we had players from all over the league, which was unusual to get you know any more than three or four players at a at an event. We had anywhere from 15 to 20 guys. So it was NFL, Wall Street, music industry. And we just kept raising money. Um, we had proof of concept in um, gene therapy, regenerative medicine, in a mouse model. Um, less than ten years into it, two years after that, you know, I found the only large animal model in the world, and that changed the trajectory of our research um, significantly. So, you know. There's really never been a cure for a neuromuscular disorder in the congenital myopathy, and ours was the first. And so our work now, the, the platform that we developed um, really was a crossover. We crossed over and created, um, it's not a drug yet, but we created the science and everything was in place Um you know, from biobanking to the largest data collection to, you know, um, the, the largest data to be set for FDA, IND. Um, I, I just had the most amazing mentors and people that were willing to help. And so it became my life's mission and work, you know, to find a cure for this disorder. I, you know, that New York uh, attitude, never take no for an answer. <laughs> it's really my drive. And these children, Joshua and these children, you know, mm -hmm became my life's mission. Uh, we, um, this technology that we developed in gene therapy is cited all the time. It's um, our work, our preclinical work is still cited continually uh, all the time, but it is now being used for Parkinson's, cancer, other monogenic disorders. Um, it's really, I, I can't even grasp it anymore because it's just, it's, it's, Spiraled. It's it's that's amazing. Incredible. Really, truly is amazing. What Joshua's legacy is to this day. Um, there was a company that came in. Uh, we pitched Paul and I pitched Pharma in 2012. They built a company around um, our work, and um, they tore three billion dollars a couple of years ago. They've gone into clinical trials. It's on clinical hold right now, but there have been several children that have been treated 24 to date. The technology is there. The science has already been proven. It needs to be perfected, but this technology is being used in cancer wow. and in Parkinson's disease and many other disorders. So that's amazing. It's been very humbling, to be honest. Very humbling. Oh my goodness! Right. Well, <laughs> creating a legacy, um, it it has to be everything, you know, and continuing Joshua's beautiful name and who he was. And it sounds like he's the type of person that would want to carry on and continue to fight for the cure for others, you know? And so, um, having you guys there doing that, I think is like, it's just never, it's like not, it's, it's, he's living on, you know, and he's there and his power is probably felt in all of your circles. It has to feel so good. Thank you. Thank you for so much. That that really was truly what he was about. He he wanted this. He knew that he was too old to take 
or receive the technology. He, he just was out of those bounds of what the FDA implemented early on. But um, he, he wanted this uh, cure for his peers. That was his dream. And so um, we're not finished. We, I, 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 we will I mean, it's, it's just, it's really unbelievable. And I mean, again, you know, with your background too, and then all of a sudden you're in, in the science world and, and doing right. this because of, uh, you know, and, and whether you believe in God, the universe, what it is, is this, you know, Joshua was given to you guys for a reason. And, um, and, and you jumped in with, you know, all, all, all of you to, to do it. And that's, what's so beautiful about this story because, you know, other people maybe couldn't handle all the different things. But, you know, sometimes I think again, and Cynthia and I talk about this, what you have to handle as an NFL spouse, you know, as a professional athlete spouse, there's so many things that you're juggling. And now you're adding this to your plate. Like you clearly are someone that is gifted in many different ways and then had support, you know, had the support of, of, of Paul and, and your family, but then also had the drive of your son that was like, okay, we need to continue to do this. And, um, I live in New York. Um, my husband's from the Bronx. So, um, and I've lived, I was in the city. I've been in New York forever. I was New Jersey, which, you know, you kind of think. So I, I get and understand that drive. Um, I really do. Um, so it's, it's just a beautiful story. And I think it's, again, why we do these stories because it's so important because, again, people see you on, you know, the cover of magazines. They see your wedding, but they don't see what's behind the scene. They don't see that you live life, mm-hmm. real life, and, and, and more trauma than the average person. I mean, that's a lot of stuff that you guys had to juggle and handle. Mm-hmm. We, I, I call it, uh, I call it New York chutzpah. And, uh, <laughs> and, and uh, I, I was born in upstate New York and, uh, Elmira and she kind of, I can't, I can't call myself a New Yorker, right? <laughs> um, really quick about the God thing or the universe. Yeah. Uh, we don't believe in coincidences yeah. and in Joshua's story, you'll, you know, if you take the time to read it, you'll see thing the stars aligned over and over and over and over again. I remember three times during the 28 years, Allison was just, her gas tank was empty and there's no filling stations. She was depleted. She was, and she, and she was, she was having a yelling match with God. I can't do this. Tell me what to do. How, you know, how do I keep going? And there's a movie called Lorenzo's oil. Mm-hmm. I know. it, And, Within 30 seconds, each time she had that discussion with God, within 30 seconds, she saw Lorenzo's oil on the TV. Oh, my God. I have such chance. Oh, it, it's, it's just amazing. And we pivotal, saw Lorenzo's Really big pivotal moments. Right. We I saw see. Lorenzo's oil two weeks before Joshua was born for the first time. Wow. For the first time. And that's the story about parents that will, you know, they, they want to find out the reason that their son is dying. Right. And, uh, right. and uh, they well, do. And a lot of parents that never take no for an answer, truly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so you guys, and we have it going through the scroll, anyone that can't, cause I can't read my, <laughs> the scroll right now, but this will be on broadcast, everything you guys can find Joshua, um, his, the foundation at Joshua and it's phrased and it's, uh, org. So you guys definitely go check that out. You can, um, learn a lot more about the foundation, but also, you know, Joshua's story and more about what's going on. Well, there's a book, right? And I yes. Well, that's the book. Well, the book. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, well, that's why so I knew we were going to next. Yeah. <laughs> I just want to know everything, you know, that had to be an incredible, um, because I know Paul, you had journaled, um, back when Joshua was first born and then you revisited some of those journals, um, which I think is so interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, that's how Hemingway came up with the movable feast. They found his journals from Paris from the twenties and there's nothing more mm. raw than your, what, what you're going through at the time. So I think that it had to be really interesting to incorporate that with your writings, Allison, and your knowledge and your journey. So tell us how you collaborated to make this book happen. Uh, Paul, Paul is much better at writing. Paul started writing early on. My mother kept saying, you need to write this story. There's something big behind this. Joshua's life is going to make a significant change. I mean, she kept saying that I couldn't do any more than I was doing. He was journaling much longer than I was. It took me 10 years to write my part. Um, I would say a good five of it. I was on a fetal position in my office, on my sofa, reliving the trauma and the nightmares, mm. the beauty and the, and, and the pain with my assistant typing. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it, it, it took a while for me to get it out. But um, I have to say I was the final edits on the book. And I hadn't laughed and cried so much. It, it's really a beautiful story. And um, it's receiving a lot of awards right now. But um, Paul is, was a way better <laughs> journaler than I was. So I have a question, though. So, Paul, what what because journaling is, is so important and you know when people talk about healing and the whole journey of healing that journaling is so important and you know some people will be like ah oh, journaling whatever you know you, you who who does that what do you do you know ha, what made you decide to journal like what what was that Can, give us a little background on where that came from from you well i i mean you 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 go through some intense discussions with doctors that are telling you that your son is going to die and you're you're like mm. you know you you know mom is not going to let that happen and i just want to just tell me how to how to keep him alive what are you talking about and then we 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 are able to do we try to live life as normal as possible and you have experiences as a family um and and you i, I it's just so powerful i mean they affect you so powerfully you've got to You've got to log it. You've got to mm-hmm. write it down. And I, I was going to write actually letters from a father. And I was jur- journaling for that. And then I said, you know, probably eight year- years into it, I said, no, this is Joshua's story. Allison, mm-hmm. we need to dr- write Joshua's story. Yeah. This has got to be a story about inspiration and hope and a love. Mm-hmm. That's what Joshua is. That's what we need to tell the world. And, uh, and it just um, it evolved into to a very sweet love story, and uh, you know J- Joshua. I, a lot of people it's it's brought to tears. A lot of people couldn't put the book down. They read it in one sitting. Um, uh, but I and I say uh, hopefully you you, you got a, a couple laughs out of it because I remember you know Joshua. You know when he was fourteen, fifteen years old, we discovered the office. And uh, I would make him watch it, you know, <laughs> from 830 to nine, or 9 to 930 and 930 to 10. And he would slap my leg. I'd be sitting on, on the bed with him. And he would say he would be laughing so hard and say, Dad, Dwight Schrute is an idiot. <laughs> and and uh, he just had that. He, he had his grandfather, who he never mm-hmm. met, Allison's father. He had, he had my dad's humor. humor, humor mm-hmm. you know? He did. Yeah. Yeah. So, wow. 
Incredible. The story needed to be told, and it's uh, it, he has a lot to offer people. Oh, and you know, it, it, um, it's a universal story, truly. It's not just about a child with a muscle disorder. There's so many aspects of our life that we shared in this book, but it's a universal story of triumph over tragedy. And um, it really, uh, it, it's, it's an encouraging piece for anybody. I just read another email today of somebody that uh, picked up the book, you know, and it just, um, it brings me to tears sometimes to know uh, Joshua's life still continues to touch people. Oh, I can't wait to read it. I yeah. cannot wait to read can you, it. Can you share with everyone where they find it? I'm, I know people probably know, but like if you can just share, because it's always nice to hear it yeah. sometimes. And I have to tell you, I'm a little bad about updating the website. The best place to get the book, you can either go to gamechanger.global and buy it direct from the publisher. Or if you go on Amazon and you put in Paul Fraze, F-R-A-S-E, or Allison Rocket, one L, two T's on Rocket, it'll come up. Game changer. Okay. Yeah, game changer. A boy, a dog, and sure. Beautiful. It's at Barnes, Barnes and Noble, Bix a Million. Uh, it, you have to order it. It's not in the stores yet, but uh, they, they can get it. But Amazon, it will definitely. Uh, Amazon, yes. Game changer. That's beautiful. Mm. That's beautiful. I'm just so happy for you that. This is a tool that will just allow you to continue talking about Joshua, continue introducing him to others and impacting others. Um, you know, these type of stories, you know, they lead to so many, they touch people and you don't know how always you get those emails you do sometimes, but sometimes you don't, but even just, um, just the fact that you can say his name and tell his story and to laugh, like you said, and to cry, but to have him live on, I think has to be very rewarding for you and your entire family. So I'm glad that you, it was probably the hardest thing you ever did, but I'm so happy for you that you, that you did the book, that you did the, told the story and that you're sharing the story. Thank you, Cynthia. It really truly was an amazing journey and I say it, I think I may have said it in the book, you know, I, I am the woman I am because my son led and I, and I mean that wholeheartedly. Um, you know, if God gave me the choice today not to have lived that journey or to do it again, I would do it again because truly the joy outweighed the pain. And I mean that. God bless. That's beautiful. And that just shows the type of people you guys are too, though. And that's another mm-hmm. thing, um, you know, with the book, with the the foundation, with the show, um, because people are, you know, dealt the wrong hand sometimes, right? They think they're dealt the wrong hand. Why me? Right. Why is this? And there's so many lessons in tragedy. And no, tragedy is never good. I was speaking with someone the other day who had a very, very tough life, a lot of, lot of trauma, lots and lots of trauma. And he always gets the question, what would you cha- what would you tell your younger self? And he said, I would tell my younger self nothing because I wouldn't be sitting here helping and inspiring people if I didn't go through every one of those things I went through. And when I say he went through a lot of stuff, and I it just it 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 like punched me in the stomach, but in a good way because it's mm-hmm. so true. And you think back, um, you know, one of the things that Cynthia and I do, and and what I do in my life mission is really to share stories because we we need to look back sometimes 
um, and not be like, why did this happen to me again? Why did this happen? What, what it is, but think about the blessings and, and the, the learning experiences that we, we get out of it and who it made us. And then who are we impacting on the bigger thing? And mm-hmm. so many people think narry. And again, when you're going through trauma and tragedy, no, you're not thinking this way, right? It's, 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 it's the journey that gets you there. Um, but what you just said, Allison, is just beautiful because as a mother, you know, as a woman, um, uh, you know, when Paul, when you said a doctor was like, my kid's not, you know, he might not live the next day. Like, I, like that makes me want to throw up. Like, I don't, like, I mm-hmm. think of my three kids. And if, if the doctor said that to me, like, how do you continue to go on? But it's like, how do you not continue to go on? Right. Mm-hmm. If you, if you think about it different. So thank you so much for thank sharing you. that. As well, that are so powerful. Um, they are, you can find them on the website. If you go to Joshua Frase, F-R-A-S-E dot org. Um, if you go back, if you go down to um, Game Changer, we're writing a book. There's two documentaries uh, on there. One has won several film festivals. Mm. It's so powerful. It's an 18-minute short, brick in the wall. And mm. then there was a CNN headline news. It's an hour-long piece. Extremely well done. Um, as well. So if uh, people want to see uh, a documentary um, or two, <laughs> right. um, it uh, really captures our story, story beautifully. Right. Really, really quick. Uh, we, when, after Joshua passed, we actually had some people say, why do you do it? Why do you continue the foundation? And first of all, we knew what was happening in science and we knew we were close. Mm-hmm. So, um, but secondly, um, what if the mothers, mothers that are carriers still want to have children? What about the daughters that might be carriers that mm-hmm. might have family someday? Mm-hmm. What the kids, the boy, you know, the boys in, in MTM's case, most are boys, you know, what, what, what can we do to enhance their lives? You know, uh, why wouldn't we? Right. Why wouldn't That's right. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. That, that, and you know, let, mm-hmm. Go ahead. Yeah. yeah, why wouldn't you? And of course, I'm sure you're thinking that Joshua would say that. Why Why would you stop now? We got this. <laughs> Let's go. And imagine because of you guys at some point, someday, when somebody is a carrier and they realize there is a solution and they don't have that plight. And even though it's a blessing, you know, it was still, you you know, it's still something that you're like, hey, you know, you never want anybody to hear that their child might not make it. And, you know, beating the odds is wonderful, but it's also, you just probably want to eliminate that. And that's what you guys are working towards right now. And that's, that's just a beautiful gesture to all those, to the people out there, the future generations. Mm-hmm. Thank you. And, and I do say this and Cynthia, I know is going to laugh. So just watch her, but really anytime we have a conversation with the NFL community, I always say like God put you your community together because of your platforms right so you you had that he gave you this heart that is a heart that's going to do more for people. It's not going to be a selfish heart. It's not going to be even though people might say, "Oh, they have, you know, they have this where does it go?" The NFL community is one of the most generous warm, loving community people that I have met and I say to Cynthia every single time, there's so much so much love and so much giving that that people don't they they have no idea <laughs> no oh, idea yeah, that was 
so well said, and I will agree with you 100%. It's a very small community still to this day, 30 years later. I mean, I don't know how long it's been since you played ball. I mean, we have friends all over the, you know, the country that still has, you know, how's the foundation, how are things got, like, it was so mm-hmm. beautiful how they all just stepped up. And even to this day, you know, um, they're still involved in supporting us. Fantastic. I love it. I know it makes me so proud. And that's why I love um, Pivot. That's why I love, you know, Thread and talking um, with Juliet because Juliet does bring this unique perspective um, because she is so curious about, um, you know, the lives of others, all the lives of all. But then when you get specific with the NFL, she just loves the fact that every single time we have conversations, she is floored by the compassion, the service heart, the drive, and the story, you know, behind the, the NFL families. And it makes me proud, like every time. And I'm so proud to share your story now. And we will get very busy sharing your story, the foundation, the book, and anything that we can do. Um, we do events throughout the year. And if you ever feel like you want to, you know, present a few books to, to display, if you ever feel that you want to speak, there's always opportunity. And we want to help you in your mission to spread the word. Thank you. I, I will take you up on that, Cynthia. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like my, my focus now is to share the story. Um, still looking for support for the foundation. Uh, please donate.org. Um, it's a story, uh, you know, as we've said, it's a beautiful story that needs to be shared and we will continue to do that, um, and push this research forward. So it is finished until it is done. Exactly. I love it. God bless. It's awesome. Yes. Thank Thank you you. guys. Yeah. Thank you so much. And do you guys have any close closing remarks? (laughs) (laughs) This has been a wonderful experience and I love what you guys are doing. Thank you so much for the platform. Um, you know, just, just keep sharing that, that hope, that love and that inspiration. And, uh, um, there's so many stories, there's so many good things that are happening and, uh, keep, keep uh, digging those up and, and sharing them. And we really appreciate the opportunity. Thank you guys. Yes, thank you, Cynthia and Juliet, for your time. Yes. Absolutely. Thank you so much. You guys, you know what to do. I say this every single time. You might have heard this story and we're like, oh, that's great. I love the story. But you don't know who needs to hear this. You need to share this. This is going to be going out on all the podcast players. You might be listening to this on one of the podcast players. You might be you know, seeing it on YouTube. You might be seeing it on another platform. You might be here in Fireside listening. But you need to share it because you don't know who needs to hear it. You don't know who has you know, this, where they could actually have MT. Um, MTM. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to look and I can't see it on there, but I knew. <laughs> I was like, damn it, my glasses. I'm getting old. I can't see my stupid screen. Yes. So you don't know who needs to hear about it, but so you really need to like, share, and send this out to many people. And again, thank you so much, Allison and Paul. And we will see you guys. Hopefully, I see you guys, um, you know, in person one of these events, but we also will see Absolutely. you guys soon. We would Thank welcome you. that. Thank you. Absolutely. Thank you so much again for joining YNS Live. See you later, guys. Pivot. Thank you.